You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Force Perspectives for part eight of Ahsoka, the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. I am, of course, your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, I forgot your thing. What's your thing? The illustrious Joe Hogan. Uh, uh, This was my opportunity to finally change my destiny, but... I was going to say the Immaculate, but that's not... I mean, I think that's a a little much even for me, but... Yeah. I... I uh, listen, we just recorded yesterday and, uh, and we're Five recording, we're recording again today. Um, cause you know, cause then, cause then the finale happened. Uh, we made a bunch of predictions on the last episode that nobody heard, but us and, and I could just remove them from the episode, uh, because <laughs> they were pr- pretty much, I, I mean, like, I, I think like I got a couple of half points, but, um, but most of it was wrong. Which is um, weird because usually you're like pinpoint bullseye accuracy on a lot of Yeah, things. with Mando I've been I've been pretty accurate on on what's gonna happen. With with Bad Batch I am like a thousand percent accurate. I'm convinced you're a ghostwriter for Bad Batch <laughs> and you just come on here and just oh maybe this'll happen. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um I think the thing I think the thing with Bad Batch is that that crew is following a lot of um uh sort of well 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 trod territory um mm-hmm. in terms of like mythic storytelling archetypes and and tropes and stuff like that so it's like it, it if you're if you're wise to that and you are um and you're paying attention it's um it's not that it's predictable it's just that it like it it's there's they are stories that resonate right so um and that's why bad batch has been so good so i uh, i don't fault them for it at all but um but with ahsoka i i it's a little bit more all over the place dave's a little bit all over the place i mean like i think that it's a very tight story i think it's very good but in terms of like archetypes and tropes um he's he played very fast and loose with this whole season I think um, in terms, it just sort of in terms of, of, of the way that, that a lot of it ended up playing out. But I, uh, yeah, I mean like, like I think the Vong thing was, was definitely like swinging for the fences, right? That's the biggest place where I'm wrong is that, is that we did not get anything to, uh, to, to point towards the Vong. Um, and it ended up being a Mortis thing. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but I was, I was like 90% right on the fact of like, we will not like, we will forget that Balin is in the show until the very end of the episode. They yeah. had a couple more scenes after that, but, but they really did. They, cause they ended up kind of doing a little bit of a montage of like, here's where everybody is. 
Um, but uh, I really expected it to sort of like, you know, the story to play out and then to have like a bit of a beat and then a final moment and then essentially the scene that we got. Right. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of people th- that are now like freaking out and going like, Oh, this means something about some character named Abeloth. I don't, do you know Abeloth? Do you know? I, I saw that and I meant to look it up and I have no idea what the hell that is. So Abeloth is, I guess from one of the books, like it's from like the, the end of the books. Um, before the before the legends canon okay. reset right um and i i she's like i i a deity of some sort like a force deity of some sort um and the the speculation is that she where you know we have the father the son and the daughter that abeloth is the mother and like she's just sort of been erased from from the from the mythology or whatever, but that like mm-hmm. she ties into it. Um so yeah, I don't know. I I I I don't know because I really don't know anything about the character because I haven't read any of those books, right? Um but I but but I guess there's a lot of people online that are very excited about that idea. Yeah, that's cool. I, I still think the Vong are in play. Like, I don't, I don't think that anything that happened in the finale, like rules that out as somewhere that we could possibly be going. Mm. Um, in fact, I, my expectation is that season two will involve a great deal of these characters who are still in this galaxy, having to explore parts of this galaxy. Um, in order to figure out how to get back, right? Mm. I, I, and so, um, in the course of that, we we could end up running across some Vong or some hints towards them. Um, okay, what, cool. what what's most interesting at the moment is that um, a bunch of stuff we didn't talk about this in the last episode. I meant to, um, but we didn't, but we ended up kind of going off on another tangent. Um, there's a whole bunch of Zepho stuff in this series, uh, a bunch of like hieroglyphs and, and, and that sort of thing that all like ties into the, the uh, Jedi fallen order and Jedi survivor uh, fallen order more. So I don't, there wasn't very much Zepho stuff in, in survivor, mm. but um, yeah, like, like there's a, there's a, there is a whole bunch of stuff that ties into that which is very interesting because um, obviously we spend a, a great deal of time on Dathomir in Jedi Survivor. Um, and I, I, one of the, one of the Zepho rulers, oh, man. What, uh, I, don't ask me, man. I'm horrible with names on a good it's day. It's like Zuket or something like that. I can't remember off the top <laughs> of my head. Zucchini. Um, that like, so the it's not a main part of the story so it's like you can be forgiven for forgetting all of this because it's like mm-hmm. this is all um uh th- there are little hints of it in the actual story itself but mostly this is stuff that comes from like the things that BD1 scans um okay. and so the the Zepho were obviously like big 
force user um uh ancient civilization right uh and uh this one of them he he essentially ended up turning to the dark side and and you and like building his his tomb on dathomir that's the one that you explore on dathomir right um whereas the rest of them all of their tombs are on zepho um this this one is on is on dathomir because he like turned to the dark side and and then the 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 night sisters worshipped him as a god and Mm -hmm. there's there are references to that zepho uh entity in ahsoka on peridia um so like like the 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 idea is that the the temple that everything happens in in the in the finale right like that 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 thrawn and the and the 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 great mothers have been occupying is Mm -hmm. actually a zepho temple that that the night sisters just like like live in because they worship this one zepho god right um yeah so it like it all ties back into all like all of that stuff which is very cool because it essentially um legitimizes fallen order as like a canon story right which which i like there's nothing there's nothing to say that fallen order and jedi survivor are not canon at this point and i treat them as canon but um it just it just sort of like reinforces it a little bit that mm-hmm. like nope like this like the 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 lore that's been established in fallen order is like as canon as as it gets and like and yeah. they, they they have the they have the convenient position of being able to like go it's fuzzy right because the this is what we're we don't have a first-hand account of this fo what we have is ancient writings that could be, you know, uh, uh, unreliable, right? Mm. Like uh, that, like that's from the perspective of, of these specific people. And it's like, you know, um, not to, uh, not, not to upset the Christians in the crowd, but like, you know, like the Bible is not, is not, let's come on guys. Let's be, (laughs) let's be real. Um, Mostly, mostly the fact that the Bible has been translated. Uh, well, the The Bible itself is not a singular work, anyways. Uh, but like in a similar fashion, right? Like, like the uh, the the Old Testament, as it appears in like a King James version of the Bible, uh, translation of the Bible, is is far from accurate, even to the original text. And then the original text was an oral tradition for 5,000 years before it was Mm. written down. So, you know, like, like that means that it is, it is in terms of like a historical document, it's very unreliable. Right. Um, We, you have to have other things to corroborate specific events. Um, But uh, so I, like I, you could, you could in the same way treat the Zepho, like all of that sort of like archeological stuff, from the Zepho in the, in the same sort of fashion of like, well, let's, <laughs> let's take it all kind of with a grain of salt. So, so you get, you get, you get to have wiggle room there in terms of like canon storytelling, right. Until the point that something becomes a, a 
a, a real like canon story. Like we go back and we like actually have some stories about the Zepho, but I don't think they'll ever do it. So mm. it'll always just be a, a background thing. Um, that's just there for gigantic nerds, just the hugest. Nerd. <laughs> but everybody, everybody's now arguing about a bunch of stuff online about what's canon and what's not canon and blah, blah, blah. My favorite thing, my favorite thing that people are arguing about right now is the dumbest thing that you could possibly argue about. You know, like this is what tells me that Ahsoka was a great series is that like the things that people are mad about on the internet about this show are the most like inane things, right? Like, like going after Lars Mikkelsen for not being like shredded as Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn in his sixties. Right. And it's like, come on, like, like lay off, like let the, let the, let the dude be a human being. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, just, just live his life. He's giving uh, the performance of a lifetime and nailing the character. So who cares? about any of that other stuff the the Michael, thing that you're you're forgetting that people are stupid that's right and uh they can't can't yeah. let that go they can't so do stuff like that. so in that vein in that vein and i apologize to any of my friends that might hear this that have been people that are complaining about this but i think i think actually my advice to you as a friend is to is to perhaps just take a venture outside find some of those uh the the little short the little short green plants and just um have a tactile experience with it um <laughs> because because i it's not that big of a deal that Ezra and Hera didn't hug at the very end of the episode it's it's really not that big of a deal like i get it i get that you wanted that i wanted it too and it kind of cut before that happened here's the reality you guys here's the reality they weren't on set together. Like, like, oh, figure, really? like figure it out. It's not that hard. It is not that hard to look at that sequence and go, Oh, those were shot on different days. Like, like there's no, there, this was, this was Dave being clever with the schedule, right? Why would they be on <laughs> set the same day? Right? Like, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she's got one scene with Ezra. He's the rest of his scenes are in this completely different environment, right? That um, I'm going to guess is probably not actually the volume and was actually location, right? Whereas everything I think that, that Mary Elizabeth Winstead did was studio, whether it was the volume or a set, right? Um, but most likely all in the volume, I would guess, uh, to one degree or another, right? Like, like the, cockpit of the ghost i'm sure is like set up inside the volume and mm. then right like they, they they shoot it so that they can have like space and everything moving around it um so yeah like like i i would i would almost guarantee i would almost guarantee that the reason for that is so simple and it is just they're not they didn't physically occupy the same space in order to shoot that because it's not that big of a deal like like logistically <laughs> like to like in order like to put those to stitch those shots together right um so to me like i look at it and i go like this is very like to me this is very obvious that like mm. it's we know where it's heading we know that he's gonna walk across that that i uh, uh, you know 
landing bay and and uh, or like the ship bay and and give her a hug. We know that that's what's going to happen. And listen, in season two, they're going to be together the whole time. So like relax about it a little bit. All right. Because like. It, like there's more story here to tell everybody going like season two announcement please come on confirm and it's like you guys you Did guys you watch the show you guys we're <laughs> gonna find out what's happening there eventually. are not yeah there are not hanging threads at the end of this season there are entire plots <laughs> that yeah. are unfulfilled right like Balin's whole thing is unfulfilled so like as we talked about on the last episode with with the idea of of um, of Ray Stevenson getting recast, like like I look at it, and I, they have to, they have to recast him. Um, Balin yeah. Balin has much more story to tell, uh, and uh, and yeah, it would be a shame. As I said on the last episode, with the phenomenal performance that Ray Stevenson gave us, and the um, the strength of that character, it would it would be a shame to throw that away um, because of an unfortunate circumstance. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like to me, like, I, I don't know as, as an artist, if I had taken it that far and then was no longer able to continue, I, I would want somebody to jump in and yeah. the rest of the way. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so I, I don't, I don't see a world in which Ray Stevenson would have been like, no, me or only me. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I don't think that like, that guy's his family, a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that his family would be the same about it. Right. So I think that yeah. like, I think that the, I, I honestly think the most respectful thing to do to honor that performance is to cast somebody incredible in that role to to keep it going right mm-hmm. um uh gerard butler is one of the names that's been thrown around i oh, okay physically yes performance wise maybe not as much um uh leah schreiber is one that i saw and i leah schreiber 100 100 put him in that who role. is that i, uh, I, I saber tooth saber tooth from oh that's good I sign off on this idea. Yeah, because the thing about Leif Schreiber is that Leif Schreiber is a fantastic actor. Mm. So I don't, I don't know that we get exactly what we got with Ray Stevenson, but I know that we'll get something great. Um, and and as we talked about on the last one, it's like it, 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 what it's what it's about is like the it's it's about continuing the character, right? So like, what's important for the character, and then continuing that. Um, right. So Dave, I know you're listening. We're okay with it. We're okay yeah, with it. Okay so just it's yeah. it's fine. Just don't worry about it. Listen, uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> He's good in it though. Liev Schreiber like is the he is like the the silver lining on that very very disgusting mm-hmm. cloud because um, that movie is real bad. Oh my god, that movie is mm-hmm. real bad. But he is fantastic, um, especially like a. Uh, 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 um, across from Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, like I think that the two of them played off of each other really well. But I, I now the Wolverine highly underrated. The Wolverine is a great movie. Um, it just falls apart in the third act because it's from that period of superhero movies where mm. 
um, where they hadn't figured out that like it actually it's actually more important that we have character moments at the end in the third act than than fighting a robot um, uh, or, you know, like a big CG monster. No, man, um, robots are pretty cool. I mean, like robots are pretty cool. And and the Silver Samurai fight is pretty cool. But um, but it 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 kind of it just kind of lacks substance compared to the rest of that movie. <laughs> The Wolverine, we're talking about Ahsoka, whatever. Uh, the, the Wolverine has one of my favorite sequences in all of comic book movies. And it's okay. when when Logan is, uh, it's, there's, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, Silver Samurai is a bad guy. He's got a thing. He's going to go up onto a mountain. You got to go on the mountain and you got to stop him. Right. So he's like up in this mountain and there's like a village between like this high tech building and, and, you know, where Wolverine starts. So he get, he gets to this this basically abandoned Japanese village because it's all taking place in Japan, right? Um, and uh, it seems like it's just totally abandoned. And he's like sort of he's sort of like walking through, but he's Wolverine, so he's like smelling the air, and he's like something's not right. And then an arrow just comes out of nowhere and just like like slams into him, and it's got like a like a a rope on it, right? Like a cable on it, and. And then another one and then another one and then another one. And it's just this amazing shot of Wolverine just like just absolutely peppered with these arrows, with all of these ropes. It's like it's so comic book like you can <laughs> like you can picture, right? Like all of the yeah. lines coming off like it's just it's such a like Frank Miller Wolverine comic book sort of um, moment. I, it, 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 it sticks with me. I love it so much. And so like, I forgive a lot of the other stuff in that movie because it has that moment. I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, I've read a lot of Wolverine comic books. Most of them are actually utter garbage. So, um, yeah, like Wolverine's one of those characters that's like Wolverine is like Boba Fett, right? Like, like I, when done well, he's one of the best characters uh, out there that exists but most of the time he's just treated as the cool guy and and so it's just how many cool guy things can we do with the cool guy um mm. how how edgelord can the edgelord cool guy be yeah. and i uh, yeah so just to bring it back to star wars and relate wolverine <laughs> into into a star wars character it would be boba fett is like the analog to that um but uh you guys know me. I prefer I prefer my Boba Fett smiling and uh, hanging out with Tuscan Raiders. So um, <laughs> like a bantha, like a bantha. Uh, and I and I absolutely one thousand percent prefer my Wolverine as a reluctant teacher at a school for gifted youngsters. Like that's my that is my favorite version of Wolverine is when he's trying to be a responsible adult and failing at it. Um, <laughs> I. I uh, one last tangent because I'll recommend this comic book to everybody if they haven't okay. read it. Um, when Wolverine died uh, a few years back, don't worry, he came back. He got better. Um, yeah, who the, the big surprise? Yeah, I, I, he, um, at that point in time, there had been a big schism between the X Men. Scott was in San Francisco with a bunch of the other X-Men and they were kind of doing their own thing. And he was sort of in a bit of a Magneto mode. As a matter of fact, Magneto was hanging out with Cyclops and being like, you're doing a very good job and I'm going to follow you as the leader. Um, 
which tells you where Scott was at. But uh, and Wolverine was at in in uh, Westchester, and, like with you know, I I think that they renamed the school to the Jean Grey Institute for no. gifted youngsters or something because Xavier turns out was not a great guy and whatever. <laughs> um, but anyways, Wolverine dies, and when he dies, he was he had been in charge of the school, and he um he he sent a note because he knew he was going to die so he sends a note to spider-man to to peter parker and saying like hey uh you're the only one i trust um i need you to come to the school and take care of things for a little while until they get it figured out um like you like you'll 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 know what to do sort of thing um mm. but it's very it's very like it's very like you're the worst uh, Spider-Man, um, but uh, but you're a good guy. Uh, but you're but I hate you because you're <laughs> such a good person. But that's what makes you perfect for this. And to which like Spider-Man's kind of like, oh, he does like me. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> um, and Spider-Man and the X-Men is a fantastic comic. And you've probably seen the 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 meme uh that that it spawned which is uh spider-man and and his and his crew of of young x-men uh they end up uh tangling with with sauron the the, uh the 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 man dinosaur um who's not actually a dinosaur he's a pterodactyl which is a flying reptile but whatever um and there's a there's a scene where spider-man's like 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 you could you could you could save the world like you you created a, devi- a device <laughs> that rewrites dna on the yeah. fly you could cure cancer and then sauron's like but i don't want to cure cancer i want to turn people into dinosaurs <laughs> and I'm just it's it is it is one of the greatest moments in comics uh and uh it is yeah that that whole that whole comic is full of stuff like that so go read mm-hmm. it um what is this? An episode of the Thunderquack podcast? I'm talking yes. about everything, but what we're, we're supposed we're doing to do. perfect ten next. Yeah, um, Ahsoka. How do we get onto that? I don't even know. Oh, Liev Schreiber, and then and then Liev Schreiber <laughs> took us into okay. and then that took us into Spider Man. Um, cool. I I yeah. Let's 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 jump back to the beginning of this episode. All right, let's uh, do it. I man, I've only watched it the one time, so I'm I'm fuzzy on the chronology. Oh, okay. What do we start with? We start with, we start with. Uh, first thing is, uh, maybe no, I'm wrong. For no, I'm right. I'm wrong. I'm right. Hold on, I have it right here. Okay, no, it, I'm right. It is one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen in live action. Uh, it is watching Morgan Elsbeth turn into like. She goes Super mm. Saiyan Night Sister, and there's yeah. Death of Mary Magic, and she gets the Sword of Talzin, and I'm sitting over here fanboying my heart out. I was so oh excited about that. Having having the the Sword of Talzin come in from the Clone Wars, which so cool. a callback to the episode when uh, uh, Mother Talzin fights Mace Windu mm-hmm. uh, in one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? That's season five, right? Six, six, six. That's that was the Netflix that's, season. That's the Netflix season. Yeah. The two part, which is like, I, I, from that season, I think actually probably my favorite, my favorite <laughs> part of it. Great yeah, episode. I, 
Great I episode. love that that two parter because it's yeah. it, like that's the it's that's excellent. the Jar Jar Mace Windu team up that has like all the Temple of Doom vibes to it. It's so and, good. And Jar Jar um, has a girlfriend. And Jar Jar has a girlfriend. <laughs> awesome. It's like, fantastic. What? Um, it's you know what it is for me. It is it is um to me it is the best example of what Clone Wars did that no other Star Wars was able to do up until that point. Mm. Like. Like having Jar Jar be a central character, giving him a girlfriend, teaming him up with Mace Windu, and having Mace Windu fight the the Mother Talzin, right? Like, like, <laughs> like, really, and even like, like beyond that, because she'd sort of been defeated already. But there was like, if I'm remembering right, there's like the part of the orb that she is sort of still inside, and right. then and then comes out of it. So she's kind of a ghost. She's mm. she's kind of like 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 ghost mother Talzin, but like has the sword and flaming green sword versus purple lightsaber. I, uh, in, in, in a set that is basically taken from temple of doom with a little bit of star Wars mixed in. I mean, like it's, I, it doesn't get more clone wars ridiculous than that. Um, so if, if I were to, if somebody were to say to me, like, like, cause, cause the, the clone stuff, right. Is all great and wonderful. And I love it. And like the more sort of like middle of the road, star Wars stuff is all great. But like, if somebody were to say to me, like of, from the clone wars, like show me a, show me an episode that really exemplifies why this, as, it, this is better as an animated series than something else. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, that's one of the ones that I would go to immediately i would go to that and one of the others would be like the mortis trilogy right to go like Mm. this would be so hard to pull off in live action but because it's animation we can kind of stretch it a little bit more and um and it'll be fine right everybody will be fine with it so yeah so having having that callback having having that that sword show up in live action and also because it's it's uh diana lee in osanto right like I her basically like fighting in her own style. We saw her fight with the with the staff in Mando, right? Um, which was great uh, and and a great fight sequence. But the fight between Ahsoka and Morgan in this episode is <laughs> so good. It's so good. Listen, dude. it is astounding to me that this series has three of the best lightsaber fights <laughs> ever, ever. Like, like, honestly, like it now for me, I, you guys know the Darth Maul, Obi-Wan fight on Tatooine is my number one. Um, and then after that, I would put, I would probably put Luke and Vader from empire. Um, and then, and then, it's tough because now I got to look at like the three in this season and it's like, we've got the first fight between Ahsoka and Balin, which was so good, right? Like it was such a great fight. And then we have their second fight, which was a little bit shorter. It was more brief, but it was still like, like what we talked about on the last episode, the way in which it, it was a completely different, even though like these two characters had just fought each other, they're fighting each other again. And Ahsoka has changed so much that mm. it's a completely different fight. Right. right? Yeah. Um, the dynamic is just totally different. Yeah. But then Ahsoka fighting Morgan 
like lightsaber to to magic blade was just like it the the um the crouching tiger hidden dragon vibe was so strong (laughs) so strong because like 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 i watched that and i was like she looks like michelle yo in crouching tiger right like Mm, like like the like the movement like the like the 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 fighting style so so similar with like that sort of i don't know how to describe it it's it's like this it's a flow, right? Like, it's, like it's every, like wushu, like wushu. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, it's like wushu, yeah. Of that style. Every every move, whether it's a block or a strike, moves into the next one, mm-hmm. and so it's like I mean, like, and this is where for those who don't know, I I I, I Diana Lee Inosanto, the Lee is Bruce Lee. Like she was raised by Bruce Lee, like part of his family. So she learned martial arts from Bruce Lee. And Bruce what have Lee you always, done with your life? Yeah, <laughs> right. Bruce Lee, very his most famous quote, I think, is the "Be like water." Right, you have to be yeah, like water. Sure. And her style is very much you have to be like water. Right, like it is. Yeah. It's flowing. It's constantly moving. It doesn't stop. And so, if you sort of, if you were to put like a tracer on the tip of the the blade, and like. And have it like go through and like show you the move. It it would be very and it's so good because it's in stark contrast to Ahsoka's style, right? Because mm-hmm. Ahsoka fights in a samurai fencing style, right? So yeah. it's very staccato. It's very like this move, this move, this move. Like it's very like economy of of motion, which is the exact opposite of of the f- style that Morgan is using in this, which is very much like, like never stop moving all like, like keep the flow of energy going constantly. And like, this is the wonderful thing. This is the best thing about martial arts. And this is why I love martial arts movies and, you know, like paying attention to and studying the different styles is that like, both are equally valid, right? Like, mm. like neither one is the better style. They are just different ways of accomplishing your goal right um and so seeing those two fighting styles clash was like it was fantastic and and like to have ahsoka like lose one of the blades which was which was like such a it was like visceral it was like emotional right when she loses i was like but ahsoka uses two lightsabers she's (laughs) since like season three she's used two lightsabers right season three of clone wars it was such a big deal when she showed up and it was like she got two lightsabers now and it's and we've never looked back right she's got the 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 regular blade and then the shoto and um and 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 now she's just down to the one blade and it was yeah like i don't there was there was just so much about that that it worked so well for me so i don't know like i have such a hard time because we had the first fight with Balin, where it's like you've got a dude basically swinging around a claymore versus a katana right in terms of their fighting styles um and then and then here we have like this like you say like it's like a wushu like sword style mm-hmm. right um uh, like that very like like crouching tiger hidden dragon sort of vibe to it again versus the samurai sword and i just like i don't know which one which fights better joe tell me which fights better uh 
Honestly, the one I was really into was the second one. I mean, I... wait, when you say Balin which, fight? which, wait, are you talking about the Balin fight or, or Morgan's fight? Uh, so the, we've got, we've got the three major duels with Ahsoka, right? So we've got two, we've got two fights with Balin. Okay. Right. And then we've got the fight with Morgan. Okay, so you're asking overall what's what's the best? I'm asking overall. Man, I don't know. They're it's hard, so right? Good. It's but so that's the thing. Difficult. Like they're all so, yeah, they're all so good because of the thought that went into each one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they, it's they didn't just say and now they fight. Or you know what I mean. It, yeah. it was just like really well thought out the, action the, choreography that is also telling the story. Right? Exactly. Like it's 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 visually exactly. telling the story. So. Yeah, it's it's a subjective yeah. opinion at this point. We better man. We learn things about the characters, right? By no. the way that they're fighting, right? Yeah. Like we learn so much about Sabine and uh, and 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 Shin, right? By the way that they fight each other, um, and even even in this episode, I mean, like, dude, we're, we'll talk about Ezra building his lightsaber in a second, but before we do that, we're kind of all over the place. But um, <laughs> well, that's the next scene anyway. The moment, the moment when they when they bust into the temple and then and then the the night troopers come down and they start fighting them, and you get Ahsoka with her, her with her dual white blades, uh, Ezra with his new Kanan inspired blue lightsaber and then Sabine with uh with with Ezra's green blade right i it, like just just visually i was just like oh my god this this <laughs> show i didn't like it has been such a long time since we've seen something like this on screen mm. i the sequel trilogy really treated a lightsaber as a um as a rare thing and and i like that i i do actually like the way that the lightsaber was treated throughout that trilogy i don't necessarily like the way that 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 things go in in trust where we have to introduce leia's lightsaber so that we have two so that so that ben can have a lightsaber um that's not his kylo ren blade but um but the idea the idea of three Jedi together, um, you know, against, against it, it, what in other circumstances for, for other people would be staggering odds, but for these three together, not that big of a deal, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, we can do it. <laughs> it just like it, there was just something about it that just felt really good. Yeah. It felt really, really good. And it was just this moment of like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what the Jedi are supposed to be. This is how <laughs> it's supposed to feel, which is something that like that, that I don't think that we've felt since honestly, the Phantom Menace, right? Like, like there's, there, there's, there are, there are little flashes of it in Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith, but there's a, because because Anakin is Anakin, there's always that sort of hanging over it, where mm. you're like, mm, but what's he gonna? He's gonna kill a bunch of younglings with that lightsaber. Um, <laughs> whereas, like when we see, when I think of of the Phantom Menace, and I think of the first time, you know, the 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 gas 
comes in and then and and the you know we cut to the outside and the doors open and uh and we see the two lightsabers ignite right and with the, the green <laughs> and the blue and mm. then obi-wan and qui-gon come out and they just start wrecking shop against these battle droids and you're just like oh that's what the jedi were like right like <laughs> man people want to act all cool like i didn't like the phantom menace even back then shut up you're a liar <laughs> you're a liar you sat in the theater and when that blast door opened and those two lightsabers ignited you got excited you got excited and you smiled and it was fun and you had fun you had fun until you read about it on the internet later and then you were like jar jar binks is dumb well you're dumb because jar jar binks isn't dumb jar jar binks is fantastic <laughs> uh yeah so it like it gave me that feeling of like here's like here's just, it's just three jedi against the forces of evil right um one of them happens to be wearing mandalorian armor which is one of those things that we all fanficked before we knew what <laughs> right. fanfic was right like people shamed those people like oh mandalorian you just stupid yeah exactly i mean like <laughs> the first star wars character i ever created I'm not even ashamed of this. I'm proud of this fact. I was 10 years old and the okay. first, the first star Wars character I ever created was an Ewok Jedi with Mandalorian armor. Ah, oh, that's actually clever and cute. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, like, like I, I, the, the, this sort of thing is something that I have been waiting for forever right i mean like like the dark saber was a thing and you know we got to see the dark saber but the dark saber was also like well this is the mandalorian lightsaber right so it was like it was kind of a cheat you know but to see sabine fully suited up with the helmet on with the green lightsaber it's just like yeah that feels good that feels <laughs> right it feels nice um but let's i uh, let's uh, we'll we'll come back to the to the night troopers and the zombies and all of that but let's 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 reverse course and jump back to the Ezra Huyang scene um which might be one of my favorite scenes just in general in Star Wars <laughs> uh as Ezra frantically is like going through the bits and he's building, he's putting together a lightsaber as quick as he can. And Hu Yang is like, that's not how you do it. And Ezra's like, this is how, this is how I was taught how to do it. And he was like, well, listen, listen, sonny boy. <laughs> I've been, I've been instructing younglings on how to build lightsabers since blah, blah, blah. And I love how there's like, they're, they are about to have a moment of conflict. And then, Hu Yang finds out who Ezra's master was. Mm. And Sabine says Kanan Jarrus, which felt so, so, so good. It felt so, so good to hear his name out loud um, in live action. And it will, the only thing that would be better is if we eventually get to see his force ghosty. Um, I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to hold out hope. He's going to have a conversation with Ezra and his son at some point in season two. Uh, but I, uh, Sabine refers to him as Kanan Jarrus and then not missing a beat. I uh, Huyang's like, 
Ah, uh, yeah, yes. Caleb was Caleb was unique, right? I I, I like the mm. way that what he referred to him as um, curious and shy, curious, curious but a little bit shy. And I just Kane is my number two guy, right? Like it's it's Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi, and then Kanan Kanan is my second favorite Star Wars character. So like this is a character that like I. I hang on every single second that we get with this character. Um, and so I have read the Kanan Padawan lost uh, is Padawan. No, I, uh, what's the, what's the subtitle on the, oh, my, the, the comic that I'm looking at right now just says star Wars Kanan. I think cause the first book, the first story is like Padawan something. And then, uh, and then the second one, something else, but um and what I'm looking at, I have the hardcover of it. Well, actually, I have the hardcover, and then I have the, I have the issues. I have the hardcover, and I have the trade paperbacks of it because I love Kanan very much. And there's not a lot of Kanan out there to purchase, and I've bought all of it. Um, I even have. You remember when they did those figures where like you could pop the arms off and like stick them onto other ones and whatever? Like I have that. I have a Kanan Jarrus Hot Wheels. Like this is how much I I love the character. Um, uh, I must, I must have it all. I, I like, I've read through that comic like four times. Right. Um, because it's got all of this backstory stuff of like how he became, uh, Depa Balaba's Padawan. Mm. Um, it, it has order 66 in it, although that's been retconned by, right. um, bad batch, by, yeah. by bad batch, but that, but, but that's perfectly fine. Cause bad batch does it very well and tying, mm. Uh, uh, Kanan into that story. I mean, like it, it, it makes for the conflict between Kanan and Rex in season uh, t- three season. No season two of, of rebels. I think it's so much better. Two, yeah. yeah. I think it's two. Um, yeah. Like, like I just, like I hang on everything there is about this character and for Hu Yang to be like, the I like basically like this emitter. Like there are only uh, there were only two of them, right? And I gave I gave one to Kane to Caleb, and then I held on to the other one should he ever need it. Um, like basically he's like hidden this thing away from other. He hid it from the other Padawans because he was like, "This is singular. Like this belongs yeah. to a guy." Um, <laughs> it w- I, you know I what it, that was it, very thoughtful. Like not it, even just like oh it was cute, but it was very like what a what a great Huyang character moment that he had yeah. the foresight and the thought to do that. It it changed Huyang from a droid that teaches Padawans how to build their lightsabers into the the. I hate this because like we don't need to get into all the stuff with J.K. Rowling or whatever, but. It, it turned it into the, the wand shop in Harry Potter, right? Mm. Where it's like, oh, oh, the pieces of your lightsaber, like to, to build your lightsaber. And I mean, the episode, the, 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 the gathering uh, plot line has this in it, but it really, really made it special to me of him being like, this was basically him saying to Ezra, like, like you're a Jedi Knight now, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like this is like I'm gonna give you this and you're gonna put this lightsaber together and this is like part of your trials sort of thing. Like this is like it's a it's, it really felt to me like this like this like this 
it was such an important moment for Ezra. And again, it was the presence of Kanan. This is how strong that character was, right? Is that like, he cannot be in this show in a physical way. Right. Mm. And yet his presence is all over it. It's all over it in every scene with Jason, right. For obvious reasons. Um, But even like in this moment now, and it's like every interaction where every, every time Hu Yang talks about Ezra now, there will be a connection into his connection to Caleb and, and all of that. Right. Like it just, I don't know. It just, it made it so special and it made that lightsaber, this new lightsaber that he's constructed that has elements of, of, you know, his other, this is, this is Ezra's third lightsaber, which is kind of funny, but um, it has elements of sort of both of those previous lightsabers and then Kanan's as well. Now it's got, it's got the same emitter as Kanan's, which is such a unique one, right? Here's, here's the really interesting component here. We've seen one other character in Canon who has a, who has an emitter in the same style. It's not the exact same one. This is an exact same one, right? Like this is, this is a duplicate of Kanan's emitter from his lightsaber, which is special also because it's part of that, the iconic moment with that character, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm about to let everybody in on the secret. Right. And he pulls yeah. the pieces apart, connects them. Um, so like we are, I think there are very few characters whose lightsabers we're intimately familiar with. And Kanan's is one of them. Um, and so, so seeing that moment, it's like, if, if you, if you are a fan of rebels, if you watch that show, then you recognize that if, if that's the case, then you would also recognize that Shin's lightsaber has the same, yeah, the same dip, uh, uh, guard on it. Mm. Um, I it's not that at the end. When, yeah. when she, I never realized it until because they pointed it out. So like they were so focused on it. I recognized it from, you know, looking at it from Rebels. But the scene yeah. uh, in the beginning, like as as much of a great character moment as it is. As long as that's still in the back of your head, it, it I, I think that, you know, moment with Shin raising the lightsaber, mm-hmm. giving us a chance to look at it again and recognize, oh, it's the same type of emitter. Yeah, I feel like that was done on purpose. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've said it so many times in the course of talking about this series. Um, Dave doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes like that, right? Like he doesn't, yeah. he, like coincidences don't happen with him. <laughs> he, like if Shin's lightsaber is reminiscent of Kanan's lightsaber, which I think I said way back when we talked about, because we see it for the first time, Right. Cause, cause Hu Yang uses it to identify them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's in the second episode. I, 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 I think that I called it out that like, Oh, her lightsaber is a very similar style to, um, to Kanan's. I, uh, and then, and then Balin's is very unique, right? Cause Balin's has the, the cross guard, uh, like you would see on like a sort of um, like more of like a Celtic, like a Claymore sure. or something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Um, which is very unique. I mean, like I don't, we, we haven't really seen that. We've seen some, we've seen a couple of like similar designs in, in high Republic uh, lightsaber designs, but they actually have cross guards on them. Right. Like, mm. like, like 
like the Kylo Ren cross guard blades, right? Um, but like his is is just it's just decoration essentially. Um, but yeah, but hers has has that same sort of disc. Um, um, it's almost it's almost rapier esque, right? Like and 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 Kanan's is similar. yeah, but yeah. actually in in Kanan's it is it's meant to be evocative of um of i uh, uh oh not a bakken i uh, what are the bamboo ones cuz the bakken a bakken is is a wooden blade right but the mm. oh what are the the kendo sticks a kendo stick yeah so kendo kendo sticks have a have a round uh handguard like cross guard mm. on them um so it's it's meant to be evocative of that like that was oh, the okay. original that was the original design there. Um, and so hers also has a very similar one. Kanan's is, is um, the, the, it's like a, it's kind of shaped like a dish, right? Like a, like a, like a radar or a satellite dish. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 I guess, concave. Yeah. Concave means it's like going, it's going in down, right? Like it's sort of, if you're looking down on it, it's, it's going in. I think on shins, I'd have to go back and look, but I think it's flipped. I think it's upside down. It's, it's more, um, the rounded part is, the, is the top of the hilt. Um, and it's sort of fanned out, um, as opposed to the other way around where it's like, uh, with Canaan's, it's more of like a dish that would catch right an upside down umbrella. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they are, they are similar, but mirrored. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, shins might actually be it might actually be like a full disc like top and bottom um i it again i i have to go back to that second episode and look at the look at the hologram and like really really study it i (laughs) it kills me every time we see a new lightsaber design i'm like oh they gotta put on a new version of the book because i have it it right next to me because it's because it's october and i'm doing all my drawing right and so i have this is this is the most valuable book in my star wars book collection which is the 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 uh the lightsaber collection and mm. this was post tross so i like the the most recent designs that are in it are the the rise of skywalker ones so ray's okay. lightsaber and leia's right um but this this book has every not every but like it has it has all of the main character movie ones right um so like like this is how deep it goes like the first one in the book is ayla sakura's lightsaber um Mm -hmm. but it's got it has both of ahsoka's right her clone wars ones as well as her rebels slash mandalorian ones right um it's got i think it has all of anakin's different versions of his lightsaber because i think there are there are there are three versions of the Anakin blade of the saber one, two, two literal ones. Like, cause there's the one that gets destroyed on Geonosis. Right. And then he builds his new one. That's, that's mm. the one that Luke gets, but the one that he has in revenge of the Sith is different from the one that Luke has technically the one like, like a new hope and empire are, there are some differences, but they're, they're essentially the same. Hilt. Okay. Um, and then those are different from the, the hilt that, ray gets in the force awakens right Mm. um and then she modifies it in rise of skywalker because it gets broken which is dumb and should not have happened but uh um 
but yeah, like all of the, all all three versions of that are are in this book, right? Uh, Barisofi's lightsaber, Sindralig's lightsaber is in here, right? Um, but like Gunji's lightsaber is in here because it has to be because it's made of Rocher wood and it's unique in that way. But even like, I don't know that we ever got to see this lightsaber. Jocasta knew her lightsaber. Does she use uh, it in Clone Wars? Wars? She okay. does. Well, we... the uh, changeling who is not Zam Wessel uses it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was the case. Like Pong Krell's lightsabers are in here. Uh, the Cal Kestis lightsaber is in this. And then Kanan and then both of Ezra's lightsabers are in this as well. Uh, ooh, Tara Sanube's lightsaber is in here. A nice very unique one. Cane. His cane saber. Uh, yeah, man. Like this, this book is phenomenal. Cause then it's got like, it has all of the Inquisitor lightsabers. Um, and when I say like all of the Inquisitor lightsabers, like, like it's got, um, it's, it's got like, so eighth brother, the fifth brother's lightsaber. It's got the grand inquisitor inquisitors. This book is so good, dude. You don't have this, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. You like, I mean, maybe wait because they might, they might put out a new version <laughs> yeah, with all these point, new yeah. lightsabers, which is my point is that like, they need to, I think they just need to do like a volume two. Um, mm. Uh, and and add in a bunch more of like the EU lightsabers and stuff like that. But um, yeah, because uh, when I'm drawing and I need I need to see someone's lightsaber, it's like I can search on Google or I can just grab this book. Uh, <laughs> and so I I look at I watched this episode and I was like, oh, we need a new one. We need a new one for that. <laughs> um, they should because like I think the dark sabers in here, um, but. Uh, uh, you know, Grogu's gonna make a lightsaber of it. Yeah, the dark saber is in here already. Um, but Grogu will make a lightsaber eventually. Mm. Uh, but here's here's how deep this book goes. Here's how deep this book goes. Asajj Ventress's lightsabers are in here, right? Ooh. Her Padawan lightsaber is also in here. Oh, that's cool. Which appears in one episode. Yeah. Right. But a hot second. Yep. Since this was published, we've got Dooku's lightsaber, but we have oh, Dooku's his, Sith his cool lightsaber. Guy one. But yeah. we don't have his Jedi one, so we yeah. need that. We need that for sure. Um, Man, let me tell you, it's been a long time since I've been tempted to buy a lightsaber, but that Dooku saber on Shop Disney, every time I see that thing pop in stock, I'm just like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't do it. Listen, the the Kanan Jarrus lightsaber, which was voted uh, in 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 the second fan poll that they did, um, it was it it won, and so the, like it's like okay, they're gonna make it eventually. It it is finally, finally, finally coming. Mm. Uh, it was supposed to come last year at some point, and I was in Disneyland twice last year with the expectation that I would hopefully be able to get it one mm. of those two times that I was there. And of course, now that I've been laid off and do not have an income, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like, yeah, 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 here it is. Yeah, we got um, you. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure out something to get that lightsaber. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, that Canon Jarrus one is coming soon, soon. It's so it's so great. It's such a great lightsaber. I love it so much. Um, what 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 else do we have to talk about in this one? So we can talk about. I mean, we still have a lot to talk about. 
Uh, uh, let me scrub through a little bit. Let's see. Uh, we kind of we didn't talk about the zombies yet. So they kill all the night troopers, and then the night troopers come back to life with glowing green eyes in the helmets, which was uh, super duper rad. Um, and then they just kept killing them, but then they just kept getting back up, <laughs> which yeah. is a bit of a problem. Um, so awesome. I, I'm curious about whether or not uh, that uh, uh, temple falling on top of them, you know, finished the job or, you know, like, like whether or not um, I, the, 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 the great mother's leaving the galaxy would maybe the, uh, the magic arrows goes with yeah. them. Yeah. Well, but, um, uh, puppy puppy horses were fine with the temple collapsing on top of them. So right, right. So yeah. Um, here's the question: because Morgan is obviously defeated by Ahsoka, mm-hmm. do you think do you think she's gone, or do you think we'll see her again? No one's ever really gone. <laughs> I can't uh, imagine I, that I, she'd get I, the, I, she. Go I ahead, actually go. love her. I love that character. Uh, yeah. I'm actually drawing her right now. Um, I really love her. I loved her performance. I love that now. She just got that cool guy power up and yeah. immediately died. I mean, I get it. We need to have her stronger because we know Ahsoka grew since the last time they fought. So in order for her to keep up, she's got to grow too. So like, I get it. I get why they did that. I get why. Okay. Maybe that really was just it, but I hope not, man. Like I want to see more of her. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just, yeah. I want to know more about that character. I want to know yeah. all about, like, how she got involved in the first place. I want to know what her actual motivations are. Like, why was she so loyal to, to Thrawn? Like, I don't know. It's not that I think it's disappointing to not get that stuff, because she's a bad guy. It doesn't always matter. Um, But, like, I, I want more of that character. So I really hope that that's not it. I would be okay. I... I am definitely one of the people who is like, okay, when bad guys die in Star Wars, like, at this point, it would not be shocking if they come back and it's, it's <laughs> kind of like yeah. eye rolly when it happens. But yeah. like in this instance, I would be okay with it because I actually really want more of this character. And it was, and I, th- I think it's like very organic to the story, right? Like it's yeah. very, very much been set up that that's a possibility. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I would welcome it. I would welcome yeah. it. I just, I wouldn't want her to just be like a zombie though. I would want her to have no. Yeah. Something like, like, and I think like with the, with the night troopers, it's fine for them to just be zombies and to not really have a personality or anything, but just be um, sort of mindless killing machines. But for her, because of like the night sister upgrade that she got, it's like, okay. So like, in the way that like mother Towson was very difficult to kill, even when she yeah. was killed, she still came back and then yeah. came back and then came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I would, I would be okay with it. We have an established precedent, right. Of like, yeah, this is totally possible. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, and like I, if, I would anyone, if anyone, I mean, I mean, you're, you're pretty much saying that already, but like if anybody were going to come back, a night sister, like technically she's not a mother, right? Because I think they called her sister still, but she yeah. still has those. Like, she's definitely a step up from the other night sisters that we saw in Clone Wars, other than Mother Talzin, right? Um, yeah. At least that was my impression that her her. I don't know, she just looked a lot scarier than than, than the rest of them. Uh, she had those totally black pupils, that, like Mother Talzin, and 
I don't know. It was just a little bit more flowy and creepy than a, a normal Night Sister. So I feel like really, if anybody was going to come back, this makes the most sense to me. Um, yeah. Plus, we're going to need some conflict because we're we're not leaving this galaxy for a little while. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. What else? What else haven't we talked about? Uh, we finally got an answer to the question of what happened between Ahsoka and Sabine. And yes. I, I found it very satisfying um, mm-hmm. that, that Ahsoka was basically like, listen, I, you know, we sort of started the thing and then, and then the, then the, you know, the purge happened. And because of that, Sabine was in it for the wrong reasons. And I uh, very much, I, I, you know, susceptible to the dark side as a result mm-hmm. um and uh, i think i it what it syncs up with what ahsoka said to hera at the very beginning of the season which is like i you know she said essentially like i walk i walk away from everything mm-hmm. just like i walked away from i walked away from the order i walked away from anakin i walked away from sabine right and i think that that acknowledgement of like she never talked to her about it. Mm. There was never a conversation yeah. of like, this is why we can't proceed. Like you need to process this. You need to deal with it. Um, I think, I think that the important piece here is that the Jedi order was all no attachments, no attachments, no attachments. And this is the reason why, right? Because mm-hmm. like when you have those attachments, then when something bad happens, you're susceptible to the dark side. But I think it's also very important that we establish uh, that that those attachments don't have to be a downfall, right? They that obviously with Luke's story, they are an asset. They are a strength. Um, but that like, you can you can move past it you can overcome it um and uh yeah so so i don't know i i want to i want to sort of have more exploration of that between ahsoka and sabine for them mm-hmm. to have a conversation about it now that they're sort of um i i marooned on this other planet um i would like them to explore that a little bit more um, but, but at the same time, I'm very, very satisfied with the explanation. Um, it now, I, I don't need to see the full story. It like, I have, we have enough of the information for it to make sense for me. And I can fill mm. in the blanks on that, right. on what happened. Um, I, I think that there will be opportunities in things in the future, like when they did forces of destiny and we got, you know, um, Funny, actually, one of the one of the the deepest interactions between Ahsoka and Ezra is in Forces of Destiny, um, where she teaches him the lesson of how to fight without your lightsaber, um, which which came back in this series, uh, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough. But uh, um, yeah, I I think that there, like there's always sort of these other opportunities for us to get glimpses into that man. I it, it kills me that forces of destiny and galaxy of adventure are things that like sort of happened and then disappeared. Like, yeah. like galaxy, I of, love adventure, galaxy of adventure. Galaxy of adventure is so good. Yeah. Um, cool. And just like, anytime I see people do like super cuts of like all the lightsaber fights or whatever, right. From galaxy of adventure. And they like put it to some 
you know, uh, contemporary music track or whatever. And it's like <laughs> Lincoln <"Man>, Park. <laughs> this, no, usually it is Lincoln Park. Um, which like, come on, guys, you can be more original than that. But uh, you know, you you use an Evanescence track every once in a while too. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, the amount of Dragon Ball music videos I used to watch in the late nineties. Yeah, with the just just exclusively set to Lincoln, Lincoln Park. Park and I, I, every once in a while you get a disturbed in there. Yeah, I. But yeah, I. So I think I think that we'll get we'll get hints of it at some point, but um, but not necessarily needing. You know, to go back and fully tell that story, I don't yeah. think. Uh, so that worked for me. I like that. Um. And then I guess Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn go back to Galaxy. He, he, Thrawn win. Bye, Woody. Uh, yeah. So I was wrong about that. I didn't think I didn't think that they were gonna go there with it. But I very interesting that they went to Dathomir. Do you think? You think the night <sighs> so the the, the mothers so will? Happy. Uh, you think they're gonna betray him, or do you think he's gonna operate out of Dathomir? Do you think so? I don't. I don't foresee them betray. I mean, it's possible because the Night Sisters have always been very like, no, we only care about our own agenda because Mother Talzin was that way, um, with with Dooku, even though she was very cordial with Dooku and Palpatine. Um, I until they until they weren't right until like the yeah the, the knife was showing and then that was it. The the I think the question that has to be answered in order to figure this one out is whether or not they are aware of Palpatine betraying the Night Sisters mm. and like the reason for their true yeah slaughter right I I, mm. I don't know part of me wants to say that like they must because they're connected into all of this other stuff in the galaxy and they were in communication with Morgan but I don't know if that communication was two way. I, it felt actually a little bit when they were talking in this episode of like, you followed the, I like they said something about like, like about dreams. It was something about like you, Oh, you listened to the dreams and and followed our instructions or whatever. whatever, So I feel like, like Morgan was not told what to do as much as she was given the, um, kind of answered a call the nudge in the right direction of like she had she had pieces of it which was that like thrawn is alive he is in this other galaxy and you need to get you need to find this map and get here right do you you think that was her motivation it's just because she heard it from like the the mothers she's like oh well the dathomiri mothers want me to do it so i'm yeah that's why i care about this uh, very much so. I th- I think I think that's exactly oh, yeah. why why um she did what she why she was doing what she was doing. It was not. I I mean I think I think the the moment when Thrawn says for the Empire and then he walks away and she says for Dathomir. Right. Yeah. To me, it's like that's it's, oh she's not in this for the Empire. She never was. Uh, this was always about. So this was always maybe, about restoring Dathomir. Yeah, and that's so that's one of the right. things maybe. that makes me. Think that they're yeah. going to betray Thrawn. Yeah, that right? makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Um, that once they're once they're there, it'll be like it'll be like a thing of, of like, 
I don't know if they'll betray him as much as they might be. He might. Well, I don't know because he's got all the 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 little coffins. Yeah. Right. So, so I guess we don't know what he's gonna do with them yet. Yeah, which which I think it's fairly obvious at this point that they are full of bodies, and yeah. that those that that's that's his army, right? And he's mm. gonna have an army of man. It, I love it because Thrawn in the heir to the empire stuff is just he's just an imperial. Like there's mm. not really like I guess there's a little bit of the like oh he's gonna use he's gonna use Joris. Uh, as like he's sort of using him as a pawn to get what he wants and and all of that sort of thing so he's he is using the force and you know he's 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 wise to it right so he's got the asalamari and Mm. all of that stuff but at the same time it felt very much like he um he was still very like imperial we're going to use tie fighters and stormtroopers sort of thing but mm. this version of thrawn is like oh i don't care about any of that stuff <laughs> like like i i'm in i'm i'm in deep with these with these witch ladies um and he's he, like it's the shakespeare thing right i, I like I, I talked about it at length in a previous episode the whole macbeth thing like it just it 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 has that vibe to be very much of like like oh like you're you have made a deal with the devil and and you're like all in on that now so it's like i'm excited for the um the conflict between gideon and thrawn because yes gideon is still alive you guys the gideon that died was not gideon it was the clone it was a clone of gideon um uh he didn't have the mustache (laughs) i i Again, these are, I don't. I don't <laughs> think that the these rub. are mistakes. Um, That's fine. Yeah, like the the conflict between the the. I think that we'll have sort of three aspects of the remnant. Right, we've got we've got Gideon and the clone program, um, which is very much like oh, Palpatine wants this, right? Um, on Exegol, and then which is like sort of the Sith angle, right? We've got Thrawn and the Night Sisters, which is going to be like very much. Like, I think the rest of the remnants going to be like, "What are you doing? Like, we, we, what is this magic? Like, <laughs> like this is this can't be trusted, right?" And then I think you'll have like the Imperial purists who are like, "No, like the War Machine is is how we do this. We need to we need to build these things and and whatnot, right?" Um, and then I think what you'll end up seeing is Thrawn. I think that by the end of the conflict, it could end up being that like Gideon will be fighting with Thrawn. I mean, like that was a new Jedi order plot line throughout, right? Was that like the reason why the remnant couldn't ever, um, like gain their power back. It wasn't like they had, they had the superior, fleet they had the firepower but they didn't have the will because all of these different without thrawn all of all of the the moths and and admirals and whatever just kind of went off on their own and and then ended up fighting each other more than fighting the new republic and the new republic was able to consolidate power and then uh and then the vong invasion happens and and so then the imperial remnant needs to actually join with the 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 new republic in order to fight that back right so that kind of changes everything but 
I could see a, 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 an eventuality where like Gideon and the rest of the remnant end up turning on Thrawn and the night sisters and like his zombie army. Cause they're just like, no, this is not, this isn't what the empire is. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, this is just power for power's sake. And it's like, you've, you've, you've corrupted what the empire is in order to, in order to secure victory or whatever. And like, and so for them, then, then they'll end up fighting each other and, and essentially wiping each other out. And then you mm-hmm. just have like, you just have the beginning of the resistance. Cause I do firmly believe that Leia Carson and Hera are the beginning of the resistance. Right. Cause they're the ones saying to everybody else, like there's stuff going on. And then, and then, yeah. uh, Senator Ziono represents the rest of the new Republic who is very much like, no, no, <laughs> it's, it's the, like we won. It's peacetime now. Stop acting like stop, stop warmongering basically. Right. Like is, is sort of the, the thought there is that it's like, Oh, you like, like Leia was used to having sort of carte blanche because she was a general during the war. And that's very much how Hera behaves. Um, and Leia is protecting her. And so it's like, um, you can kind of see how that, how that is going to play out. And, and the, and the new Republic will not be a part of this conflict. They won't join. Cause they'll be like, it's, it's not anything. So it'll end up being, I think it'll end up being a Delphi squadron with the ghost. And maybe Leia will end up sending, you know, um, Man, it would be really nice to see Shara Bay and uh, and uh, um, and Kess Dameron in live action. It'd be really, really nice to see the two of them. I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with those characters, Joe. They don't sound uh, familiar. Well, who, what are they from? Sh- Shara and Kess are Poe Dameron's parents. Oh, uh, I did read that book. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did read I, that comic. I that'd be cool. So to see them. Uh, as represented because we've never seen them in live action. So you can cast whoever you want um, uh, to see them representative of Leia uh, as, as like, because, because Shara is, I mean, Shara and Kes, Kes was one of the strike squad, strike team on Endor, right? right? Like yeah. he was, he was part of Han's strike team. So like, here's the thing, <laughs> Han, Captain Rex, Commander Rex, whatever you want to call him at that point, but Rex and Kess Dameron, Poe's dad, were friends. Like they were buddies. Like those. Like they had. They shared drinks together <laughs> at some that. point. It makes me so happy. It makes me so happy, Joe. Awesome. I. <laughs> so I I would love to see. Um, I can't remember what the name of the the, the strike team is because they do have a name. But I would love to see them led by Kess. Cause Han is not part of the military at this point, right? He's gone off and he's racing mm. starships. Um, so to see that, like that team led by Kess and, and then to see like a, a squadron come in led by Shara uh, and then have a Delphi squadron, which is, which is Carson's squadron, which includes Zeb. Um, or, or, I mean, like, I think we can imply that it includes Zeb because of, of what we saw at the end of, of Mando. Um, 
and, and like I said, the ghost and, and, uh, and then have, and then have them go in and basically like ask the Mandalorians to join them. Right. In order to fight Thrawn. Uh, yeah. I mean, like this stuff kind of writes itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Asking for Shara and Kess is, is definitely a, uh, that's me setting my hopes high. Mike, you're but, not supposed uh, to be doing any writing right now. We're supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not releasing this. No, the, no, okay, the writer strike true, true, is true, over. True. The writer strike is over. True, we can write whatever true, we want. True, um, okay. Yeah. I, I just, I, what I really need what I really need is for uh, Jason Sindula um, and I, I listen, listen, Poe's around at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Poe exists. He's, he's alive at this point in the story. Um, it would be nice to see eventually, because I'm still holding out hope that there's a Kenobi out there somewhere. I really hope that it's actually oh, like right. a Kenobi like family. Like there's yeah. Yeah. That, that, the, that the lineage is out there somewhere. Okay. Um, okay. I, I still maintain, I still hold out hope that it's Ray. I, uh, and they, they, <laughs> that we will have for in new Jedi order, we will get a retcon to the, to the bad story. Um, and that, that Palpatine was lying and they, Palpatine's son was not actually his son, but one of just, just one, just a son of, of the Sith cultists. Like he was just part of like, and so that like, she's not actually a Palpatine and that, and that Palpatine was just lying. Cause that's what he does. Um, he does do that. And that her mother, because in shadow of the Sith, it is very heavily implied that the force is strong in that bloodline. Um, and they, oh, what's her name? Miramir. Oh my God. That's literally, that's Ray's mother's name. I begged Lucasfilm for years, literally years for them to tell us what her mother's name was. And then they went here. You got what you asked for. Here you go. Idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Miramir. Um, we got, we did, we did get Sabine's Lothcat's name this week. We did Merly. Yeah. Uh, Merly. Yeah, fantastic. I actually I, I jumped into the TikTok live stream of Merly yesterday oh. and I asked the most important question, which is who's feeding Merly with yeah. Sabine in another galaxy? And the Star Wars TikTok answered me that they are feeding Merly. So Oh, they are the Star Wars yeah. TikTok. Yeah, the Star Wars TikTok is feeding Merlin. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so everybody can rest assured that Merlin yeah. is fine. <laughs> but look, uh, I mean, Ezra's gonna gonna pop in and sure. uh, and 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 feed Merlin. I'm sure. No. Um. We'll get a scene of that. But um. Yeah, I I, I hold out hope that Ray is is actually a secret Kenobi. Um. That I. <laughs> I, they, they, the line uh, from the Obi-Wan Kenobi series where Obi-Wan says, I think I had a, I think I had a baby brother, uh, that like, that is important. Um, and that like, like the force can like skip a generation sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and that like his brother was not enough, like he didn't register enough to, uh, to, to be picked up by the order but that like it was sort of dormant and Mm -hmm. that like he lived his life and that that lineage is 
like that 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 Ray is a Kenobi, right? Um, so that we can so that we can just you know get rid of the fact that she's Ray Skywalker and call her Ray Kenobi. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with her being Ray Skywalker, Mike, except for that like Mike, it's fiction yeah. in your head. She can be Ray Kenobi. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, no. Gonna yell at you. Well, she is. She is until she is until something expressly tells I'm me so that she's not. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, her, her, her outfit, uh, from the force awakens is like, that's an Obi-Wan outfit. Um, <laughs> anyways, I, but yeah, I, I really want to see like, like Jason Poe, <laughs> I, I mean, Poe and Ray are, are together all the time anyways. But, um, yeah, like I just, I need to see, I just need to see like the, the, the descendants of my two f- favorite characters with my third favorite character just like just put all that together just make me happy it's you know listen i never would have asked to get my three (laughs) favorite mcu characters together but then infinity war was like here's a story where we put iron man spider-man and doctor strange together for the majority (laughs) of this movie and i was like thank you right. i didn't like i didn't i didn't i don't remember asking but thank you for doing that for me because that was specifically for me like that was that was for this guy right here because i haven't heard anybody else be like oh man best team up <laughs> and it's, but for me i'm like best team up you guys like i can't believe can't believe that i got my three guys all together and a great scene of you know I, 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 one of the best lines in the entire MCU, which is uh, who are you, who are, like he introduces who is your him, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Peter Parker. And he goes, oh, I'm Dr. Strange. He's like, Oh, we're using our made up name. So then I'm <laughs> like, no, I that's like, who is your master? What am I supposed to say? Jesus. <laughs> that is also, that is also oh, a good, man. a good line, man. Infinity war Endgame doesn't get much better than that. You guys, yeah, that was, I, that was good stuff. People, people will act like comic book movies are not a high art form. Uh, I, I listen, you're wrong. And also listen, I don't care. I don't care. On your left is one of the greatest moments in film. Oh man. And then, and then Tross tried to do it and it just, there are more of us. It's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> it tried to be the same. I can't believe that Disney tried to do it twice in one year. And, but like star Wars went second and it was just like the problem with star Wars is that they ruined it. They, 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 they did two things to ruin it. They put it in the trailers. Mm. Totally, you totally, totally ruined the moment by having it in the trailer. And then um, it is just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of nonsense. It's just a bunch of visual nonsense. Right. Had it been that like we'd actually been building to that. (laughs) And then, and then you had like, here's the Falcon and the ghost and a bunch of rebel ships. And then over here is a bunch of Mandalorian ships to which we would have been like, huh, that's interesting. Um, Not really knowing anything about the Mandalorians at the time. And then you had, the Colossus and the aces, which are like the aces are brightly colored starfighters, mm. like very, very pointedly. So from that series is like each one of them is like a primary color sort of thing of like yellow, red, green, blue. Um, 
so you could have had the aces and you and like you could have had like like these segments of the galaxy instead they just put as many ships on screen as possible and it just looks like greeblies right like it just <laughs> looks like a bunch of shapes and they're all gray tinted blue and it was just like this isn't anything you guys like this isn't anything um it needed to be it needed to be a moment of like here's a bunch of callbacks to a bunch of things for people who know what they're looking at. And, <laughs> you know, but yeah, they just, they totally whiffed that one. And then you compare that to Endgame, and it's like, come on guys. So close, but so far. Um, do we have anything left to talk about with Ahsoka? Have we done I mean, uh, Anakin was a nice little, yeah. Sweet little moment at the end. You think you think we'll see more of him in in the next season? I hope so. I mean, I I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel like it's not necessary at this point, yeah. right? Like yeah. it seems like she made Job, her peace job's done. Yeah. with the situation. He's proud of her. He they nodded to each other. Well, he smiled at her. She nodded to him, and like he can go off into the fourth sunset now, right? Like it, I I feel like unless there's a really good reason to keep him around that's you ended it perfectly. Yeah. So like, there's no need to mess with it unless like, you know, if there's a reason that serves the story that, you know, we should have him around. Sure. I of course want to see force Obi-Wan. I want to see force Yoda and force Anakin again. Um, but don't shoehorn it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would very much like to see Ewan play Obi-Wan in New Jedi Order and speak yeah. to Rey. That'd right? be cool. Um, and be uh, like, and, I am, I'm your uncle. <laughs> and very, but like to very much like, like, let's not, let's not, um, let's not be complicated about it. Dress him like Alec Guinness give him the white, like the short white hair and, and the white beard, right? Like just do him up, like just do him up. It's still Ewan McGregor. Right. But, but show him like, like he can appear as the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan, um, like in that sort of like that visual, but to be him, like I, I, I would, I would really like to see them do that. Um, mm. and let him, like because he's now he I think he is now at the age where that is believable. <laughs> um, it's funny because I think he's actually technically older now than Alec Guinness was when he first played Obi Wan Kenobi. What? No um, way. Yeah, because I I <clears throat> how old was Alec Guinness in Star Wars? I don't want to know his age at death. I want to know how old he was. 62. Oh, so maybe not quite yet. Not quite yet. But, uh, so how old is Ewan McGregor? Yeah, Google's already 52. So in 10 years. So by the time that they actually make the movie, he'll be about the same age. Um, yeah, I, I, so he's getting, but he is getting close. He is getting close to the age that Alec Guinness was Mm. when he played. Obi-Wan and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, th- I think, I think that with the right styling that it would be totally um, acceptable 
acceptable, I think it would actually be exceptional. I think it would be great. But I, I, I just, I just want to see more of Ewan as Obi Wan for whatever reason forever. Mm. Uh, you know, they need to make another season of this TV show. But uh, yeah, I'd be okay with it. Uh, cool. Okay. Uh, we don't have anything else to talk about in oh, terms man. of star Wars. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is the thing is that like, I don't I, like, I would like to continue podcasting with you, Mr. Joseph. Um, <laughs> Anytime. So I don't know if we'll just figure out like something else that we can talk about that is not part of the strike, but that is star Wars and we can put out regular episodes of force perspectives yeah, or maybe, neat. maybe we'll just go over and just do a bunch of episodes of perfect 10. Uh, <laughs> I have no shortage, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out, but I, I, it doesn't matter because nobody's even hearing this right now anyways. So it's not like you guys are going to miss anything because you haven't been getting it. So it's just me. It's just me that will miss talking to you, Joe. Um, it's me too. It's not just you. This yeah, is a two way so, street. So, uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, that's it. It's it it's it has gotten late. I don't know if anybody can tell, but the energy has has dropped <laughs> significantly, and I'm just now like rambling about stuff. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being patient and waiting for these episodes. Um, although you know you then get to binge them all uh, the second that uh, the second that the strike is over. I need to. I've been terrible. The plan was to edit each episode as we did them. I have not done that. So I need to actually, I need to do it so that when it's time, I actually like, like I'll, I'll probably take a day, edit all the episodes, upload them and like basically get everything ready to publish. And then just like, um, like on the day that the strike ends, I can hit publish on everything. All right, cool. Um, so they'll all just be sitting in the drafts, but, uh, yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, uh, and we'll be back for sure. Whenever skeleton crew drops, uh, we'll be back, uh, to talk about, to talk about more star Wars. Um, are you excited for skeleton crew? How are you feeling about that? I, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for more star Wars period. You know, um, did I ever tell you, did I ever share my skeleton story, my skeleton crew story with you from celebration? I feel like I might've. I think you did. I think you maybe did off air. I don't think you have on a podcast. Okay, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll do the Cliff Notes version. So it was the last few moments of Star Wars Celebration. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I am I I have been lucky enough to be one of the chosen artists for the Celebration Art Show, which is this like cool little, um, basically contest that they do every Celebration where uh, all of the licensed Star Wars artists can submit a concept or two. And then if they like them, they choose them. And then those are the that's how the official prints get chosen uh, by this kind of panel of judges. So I was lucky enough uh, to be the uh, in the art show this year for uh, Celebration Europe 2023. And um, it's the last like literally the last hour of the show. Right. Like and at that point, every celebration, any convention, really, like the last hour is you, you get nothing. There's, there's nobody coming to buy anything. Everybody's at either the closing ceremonies or they left early or they're doing like, you know, last minute things. Typically, you, you don't run into anyone. Um, and this guy came over to me uh, and uh, said, hey, man, I really like your print, um, but I blew my budget. Is there any way I can pick this up after 
um, after the show. And in previous celebrations, they did let us sell any unused ones, but they want to keep it more exclusive now, right? So, like, they, uh, there used to be a thing where, where we were allowed to, we, if we paid the royalties to Lucasfilm, and then we could sell them indefinitely as long as we paid for those rights. Um, but, like I said, uh, the rules had changed in, in the last, like, couple of years, so we were no longer allowed to do that. Now, I don't know any, this guy from A Hole in the Wall. I don't know if he's a mole from Lucasfilm, so, you know, I... I always play it safe. I'm a Boy Scout, so I always follow the rules. And I explained to him, I was like, no, unfortunately, uh, I'm not able to sell it. And he's like, well, you have a whole stack here. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, it's, you know, explain to him what I just explained to you. And he was saying to me, um, well, what happens after the show? Like, what, ha- like, what do you do with the stack of prints that you can't sell? And I was like, we are actually contractually obligated to destroy any prints that we do, any numbered prints that we do not sell. Um, so like, I just saw his face like completely drop. (laughs) He was like mortified. Um, and like, you can tell that I always try every celebration. There's always like a handful of people that you can just tell, like really do care about the artwork. And like, it's not so much about like, Oh, this isn't going to end up on eBay or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the people who are coming to get the exclusive thing. And then they're going to turn around and, and flip it. Um, you can always tell when the really passionate people are there. I could tell like he really did like the artwork because he was asking questions about it and everything. He was actually really interested. And I said to him, all right, man, I'll tell you what, do me a favor. Next to celebration that I'm in, remember that I'm doing this uh, and, and buy that print. I'm going to give you this one that I am allowed to give away. We're allowed to give away artist proofs. We are not allowed to give away um, the numbered ones. So I gave him an artist, but he was like floored. Like, oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And like, I, I, I like doing that with people because they, um, when they have a connection with the artwork, I don't, you know, it's not like I just want to give away prints and not get paid, but like, it's one of those things where you kind of have that moment with someone that now they're never going to, they're, they're not going to forget that you did that for them. You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden, not only do they like your work, now they like you too. Um, which is cool because I love having that connection with people who follow my work. It's it's I'm very, very blessed that I have so many people that um, like are always rooting for me, despite <laughs> maybe how crappy the art that I, I put out when I try. You know, you try your best, but not everything's a bad. Anyway, long and story short. Um, so he, he's he's very touched by the gesture and he reaches into his pocket and he he's just like, oh, so um, I'm actually part of the production crew. Uh, for skeleton crew and i was like oh dude that's amazing like i can't wait to see it i'm really excited and he hands me this little shard um this like translucent i don't i don't know what the material is but it's it's got these like cool little like bubbles inside they're really tiny and like the depending on how the the way the light hits it it looks really cool if you hold it up to the light like it's really really awesome and he said this isn't really a spoiler but in the show one of the episodes uh some characters find some treasure and this is one of the pieces of treasure that is on screen in, in the episode. And I, I want you to have, it. I was like, oh. so, so like, I'm already, I already have a piece of like, I, you know, literally a piece and, and mm-hmm. metaphorically I'm I, like, I already feel a connection to the show that I have this awesome moment with someone who is into my work. And I got to like, have one of those magical celebration moments like every celebration i mean you know you go to a celebration every celebration you go you get some kind of magical moment out of it at least once um and that was one of mine that year and i I, so i'm i'm i was already excited for it 
but because I now have this <laughs> like connection to it, I'm even more excited because now I really want to see what episode it is so I can print out a screenshot and frame it and like a shadow box <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my little not so short story about Skeleton Crew. Awesome. Well, uh, Skeleton Crew is going to happen at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. And when it does, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. I don't know. We'll, 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 I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm absolutely going to watch it. Um, and uh, and then we'll talk about it on the internet. Um, yeah. Hopefully by then we'll be allowed to do that at the same time as the episodes there. Do uh, we know when Acolyte is coming out? Uh, next, next year, year sometime. That's okay. next year sometime, yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. I think that does it. That's it. That's it. That's an episode. We did an episode. We made an episode. We did a whole season, uh, for no one, just for ourselves. Another one in the bag. Uh, but you know what? It was a blast. It was, it was awesome. Uh, it was a pleasure as always. So thank you, Joe, for joining me for this season. And thank you everybody for listening. And again, thank you for your patience in waiting for these episodes to come out and continuing to support us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we will see you when we see you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV. And join us on Discord at thunderquack.com discord. Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com thunderquack to get early access to episodes, Leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.